By George, I think I've got it. Hybrosexual sinking. I saw that Bigfoot walking across the screen and I thought to myself, wow, they are real. I ask us all, is that really reasonable? My personal belief is that uh, there is very compelling evidence that we uh, we may not be alone. I'll show you a little of the evidence. Hypothetical thinking. Researchers at Stanford University School of Medicine have pioneered a cancer vaccine that eliminated all traces of cancer in mice. You could find evidence of that, my friends. You could change the world. Hypothetical thinking. A podcast for the hypothetical thinker. Greetings, travelers, and welcome to Hybrothetical Thinking, a semi-informative podcast that explores the journey from probability to possibility. My name is Nick Floyd, and I'm joined by my two wonderful co-hosts. Taylor. Johnny. So the way this works is that either Taylor or myself will do the research for our weekly episodes, and Johnny, good old Johnny, goes into every episode completely blind, meaning, if you don't know what that means... It means he's he's gonna have no idea what we're talking about ever. No idea. Um, the blind man with no clue. Yeah. How you... <laughs> cool. How you guys doing? How you been? How's your week? Man, it's been pretty good on my end. Uh, weather out here is good today. It's uh, it's been pretty rainy the past few days. Kind of gloomy. Got a chance to get outside and stretch the legs a little bit today. So that was good. Yeah, it's been super good out here. Um, I mean, the weather's picking up a little bit. It's not as cold as it used to be, and so I'm just stoked for the summer. Yeah, it is. You know, the rain, the rain's coming. Haven't had to build an ark yet this year, so that's going well. <laughs> Thank goodness, because I have no idea how to do that. Thank goodness. Uh, but you know, if I did build an ark, the two people I would put on it would oh. be you guys. So oh. <laughs> a hypothetical. We didn't arc. pay him to say that either. We didn't. We didn't pay him. Yeah, it's a hypothetical ark. It would be made out of the like the worst building materials ever, like so shitty. Balsa wood, but we'd have a whole lot of topics. Balsa. Yeah, balsa wood, particle board, balsa wood, and yarn. <laughs> yarn. It'd all be tied together. Yarn. And MacGruber could build something with that. Actually, MacGruber would build a trebuchet and take over a country with those items. Oh my gosh! I think out of the three of us, Taylor, you definitely resemble MacGruber the best. Yeah. Taylor's the MacGruber of the Hybros. MacGyver, Well, thank yeah. you for that. I well, I take that modestly, and uh, I really appreciate that. Thank you. No, guys. don't. Thank, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> what's the cra- Taylor, what's the craziest thing that you've uh, finagled, like that you've built? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, that I built? Uh, yeah, like... Okay, like uh, I, one of my roommates in California, we we had a little mouse problem, and uh, we, we made all these kind of all these little mouse traps to try and catch this thing. And most of them were pretty typical. But this, like, last one that we built that I think actually worked, if my memory serves me correct, it was like <laughs> this weird trapdoor system on a garbage can where somehow this mouse <laughs> would have to, like, climb up this garbage can. And I'm not quite sure what how we built it, but it worked. I remember there was a 20-ounce bottle involved. Tight. There were straws. I believe there was string. <laughs> not quite sure. I feel like you guys might have gotten really high and watched Mouse Hunt with Nathan Lane and also played <laughs> Mousetrap and went, you know what? I think I got a fucking good one. Let's do this. Let's give it a whirl. <laughs> this also might be a confabulation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very possibly. Mandela right there. Uh, well, you know, I, I'm glad everyone's week's going well. We actually, you know, we, we jump into news at this point, but one of our listeners by the la- by the name, the, the, the lame. The name lame. of Magdalena sent us. <laughs> she sent us an amazing 
article, and I just I have to read it. This is oh. going to be our piece of news for the day. Uh, the headline of the article reads: uh, In Colorado, a hunter claims he was sexually assaulted by a Sasquatch. Tight, <laughs> which is our bread and out in the woods. All right, that'd be tough. That's uh, yeah, that's that's rough, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Daryl Whitaker from Glenwood Springs in Colorado claims a Sasquatch attacked him and attempted to rape him while he was walking in the woods. Ooh. Hmm. Walking uh, the and, sucks. Yeah, and in the quotes, he says, it was at least eight foot tall and his punches hurt like hell. I was knocked right out at the first blow. When I regained consciousness, he had already torn my pants and was tearing through my underwears. I stabbed him in the shoulder with my hunting knife and then made him run away. Well, maybe he wasn't trying to rape him. He was just trying to, like, like kill him, and, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. It sounded I, like he was going for the junk. He was going for the giblets. Taking off the yeah, pants and whatnot. Like that. It seems like I don't want to believe that. Maybe and, it's and curiosity. also... Yeah. He was only knocked out for a second, this guy's claiming. I bet uh Right. I bet that squatch got at least a third base. Eight foot, <laughs> eight foot tall squatch? Double. Come on. <laughs> I yeah, I I don't know. It, it all the, the story was crazy, and I you know I saw this getting passed around the social medias like a beach ball to Nickelback concert <laughs> a little while ago, and <laughs> nice. You know, I was curious, and it was like you know there there are, there are holes like their DNA on the knife blade that could have been Looking a thing holes. if he claims all this other stuff. Yeah, right. Um, they would have some come, badass DNA. They'd yeah. probably have some hair samples. Where's this guy at, man? Right. What's he doing? And he has a picture of a footprint as well, like his foot. And the best thing is, is he's wearing like denim jeans in this picture with like black Velcro shoes. And, that, <laughs> and that's the picture that his foot is next to. Like that's his his fashion sense. That's his hunting uh, gear? You know, he's out there maybe, in his like Walmart yeah. style Velcro shoes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's wearing like a Ford hat. <laughs> Standard. Yeah, Bill Ford. Hey, did you notice the logo on that Ford hat? Does it have the curly Q yeah, or is it the <laughs> is it the common F? <laughs> it's got the curly Q. I can't believe got it the curly Q. Okay, it's got the curly Q. It does. <laughs> the unfortunate thing about this whole entire piece: the more I read, the deeper I delved, the more I I fell down this deep dark hole that is Sas- Sasquatch sexual assault. Uh, Sasquatch 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 sexual, assault. Very deep. We'll call it very okay, dark. Yes, yeah. uh, it's from a website called World News. Daily Report, and if you go to the bottom of the website, it says and reads, World News Daily Report assumes all responsibility for the satirical nature of its articles and for the fictional <laughs> nature of their content. Uh, wow. So this That's is a website like The Onion. It is. It is. Uh, so consider this myth busted. Magdalena, thank you so much for the article that you sent our way. It's such a shame that we had to bust it uh, as quick as the Squatch probably would have busted yeah, you uh, know, you um, know <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, I get what you're saying. You know what's messed up about this is that there's that that guy that 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 article is clouding the idea that Sasquatches are rapists. Like, what the fuck? I always want to believe that they're like these these healthy, they're know, gentle creatures, giants. And, and also, there's like, a picture of some, some Ford supporter who people now probably think this guy got raped. Yeah, like that's not cool. Right. Yeah. Who is the guy? Yeah. Like, does is he? I'd be pissed about it. Part of this. Some, might be, yeah. yeah, well, clearly he's a fictional man. Better be. Uh, but the the guy's picture is, yeah, you're right. Like, his, it's not a fictional face in this picture unless this is, like, 
a guy's you know father who he uh. took the, who worked who's a writer on the website and they took a picture of him and they're like oh okay here we go I'm gonna put you on <laughs> you know, dad it's gonna karma. be real funny you're gonna become a meme <laughs> it'd be good karma if it was one of those guys that uh came out was like 2008 or nine or whatever in North Georgia tried to say they had the squatch <laughs> and it was like totally fake it'd be Man. awesome if it was one of those guys in this picture and everyone's just like oh the guy got raped oh. <laughs> You know what's fucked up though, man, is these like I cannot stand satirical shit that like it yeah, that's very fine print that you read somewhere near the bottom that's like this is satirical. But like mockumentaries, man, they're dangerous. This this information, especially on the internet, like and it's all surface level research, so you can't be spending hours looking for Sasquatch rape, so this is gonna pop Mm -hmm, up there mm -hmm. and it's you know, it's going to be all over the your, your head Google searches. This guy gets raped, and so many people probably believe it. It's bullshit. That's the problem, that, right? Well, clearly it was it was passed around and trend, you know, trending enough. But yeah, I just like leave some topics untouched. Like leave the Onion parody articles for politics and all the stuff that needs to be satirized. But come on, leave like like I said last on last week's episode when I got very upset. Uh, just just leave this stuff alone and let it let it be and I, you know i'm i'm all about a good bigfoot comedy big harry and the hendersons fan mm-hmm. but too. it was that was done with taste and class yeah, and John zero rape in that movie so, John Lithgow. Right. <laughs> i remember zero rape in that movie which probably helped my vision of it oh <laughs> probably helped the, the, the un- pg-13 rating as well <laughs> yeah i assume so <laughs> dude I, I don't want to uh make myself sound like an idiot here but a couple mm. years ago, I was watching, I, I want to say it was Discovery Channel, <laughs> watching this show. You guys know, I'm not necessarily gullible, gullible, but I want to believe in crazy shit. I want crazy shit to be real, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm watching this documentary. It's like 25 minutes into the documentary, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's about the ocean, things going on in the ocean. It's like a, a research vessel pulls up this body onto the boat, and they start dissecting it, and it's like the realest looking shit ever. It's like actual sea life body parts that have been compiled together to look like this body. I was watching a mermaid mockumentary, y'all. <laughs> For the first 25 minutes, <laughs> I was 100% in belief that they had found some like weird hybrid animal that looked oh human. Gosh. I'm not going to say I thought it was a mermaid, like, but like a mermaid. it was like what people could have confused as a mermaid, you know, back in the day. <laughs> I was so pissed, dude. I invested like a half hour of my life into that, and it's fake as fuck. Oh, that sucks. Oh man, but that's the point. I think a lot of the time people make documentaries to like, f- like screw you over, you know. And so that's they just succeeded. Um, it just sucks. Yeah, that you, totally that you the non-gullible. I'm, I'm probably the most gullible out of all of us. <laughs> I have made a documentary before. Oh, what was it about? Uh, okay, this is a little little tidbit. You guys all know me. Uh, I like taking selfies. I like taking uh, selfies on my phone. And he still does. Snapchats. No big deal. That's a fact. And so, I, I mean, I Snapchat. So a, a picture of yourself, it would consider yourself. I don't take a picture and post it. Anyways, so this whole entire college had it in their mind that I was addicted, essentially. And so we made a, a, a mockumentary called The Selfie Addict. And my friends came together and gave me like this whole like, intervention. They're like, Johnny, like, we, just, we care about you. It's taken of your life. And I become like a violent selfie taker. And like it, it comes between me and my family friends. And I like I beat some guy up, one of my friends, because he what? was into my phone, and that's the whole documentary. Johnny says this is a mockumentary, but this is actually a real documentary <laughs> really about his life. <laughs> I yeah. spent a lot of time with real. this guy, 
And yeah, it's 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 probably he actually the other day I told him to put his phone down uh and he threatened my life. <laughs> it's a blatant lie. Uh, I mean, is it? Uh, you're the, no, I believe no, it. he did. I've he, never posted a selfie on my Facebook or, or Instagram. It's always been just like Snapchat. But this whole documentary is based on the fact that I am addicted, and so I made the documentary. And he still is. It is no, it's it's his Nick, life Nick, is the documentary. Nick, he literally looked me in the eye and he said, <laughs> "I've never you. liked you, so killing you is going to be the easiest it's ever been." Wow, is that what I that sound like? That was all over me just trying to take his fucking is, phone away. Is that what I sound like? <laughs> yeah, I've never liked you. Yeah, <laughs> I, the, I, I never I, liked okay. you. <laughs> Johnny's got a dark side. <laughs> yeah, I do. Do I have a dark side? He might be. Yeah, I'm, he, I'm gonna be crazy. He uh, might have a gentle evil. exterior, but his interior is that of what you the Zodiac killer was. For for somebody that is so addicted <laughs> to their phone, I spend zero time on this podcast on any electronic device. It's me and a pad of paper. So I find this claim <laughs> pretty unfound. We're taking it back to the dark ages. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a pad of paper and pencil. No, uh, no phone here. This podcast is also sponsored by Future Monsters, a premier apparel store with pop culture and horror focus. Each product is handmade with quality materials, so not only does it look good, but it feels so, so good. No mass-produced cheap garbage here, with designs inspired by King Kong, the Wolfman, and much more. These shirts are a must for every occasion, whether it be nightclubbing, metal shows, weddings, and of course, our favorite, podcasting. Head over to futuremonsters.com and enter the code HYBRO, that's a capital H-Y-B-R-O, at checkout to save 10% on your next purchase. We know we'll be doing that as soon as possible. Uh, so while that took a crazy turn down uh, a path I never thought it would go down, Taylor, um, today's your day. This is your episode. Why don't you take <laughs> us on a, a journey? I'm Lucky that was only halfway to Rapeville, and uh, the rest <laughs> of this episode will contain zero rape. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Rape. 45 to 70 percent confident of that. <laughs> that doesn't seem so. like good odds to me, man. <laughs> In the year 1997, Dr. Malcolm Walsh performs a classified and highly experimental series of procedures on then FBI special agent John uh, Sean Archer. The operations included a full face transplant with extensive facial reconstruction, full dental replacement multiple surgeries to the larynx and throat, and liposuction on almost every part of his body. It's estimated that the facial Damn. transplant took upwards of 50 hours alone. Whoa. Insane. Right. Straight 1997. Or like, holy shit. Breaks. Unclear about that. I, I, I would hope the doctor took breaks and hopefully he had plenty of uh, assistance. That's a long stint. Like, when doctors have to take yeah. a shit, how do they deal with that? Uh, that's Those a very good question. They do it in a test tube that's two desks behind them. They poop in a, a sock. <laughs> <laughs> poop sock. Mom, empty out my pants. Uh, hot pockets. <laughs> so the uh, purpose scalpel, of please. this operation. Uh, shit jar. <laughs> so the purpose of this insane operation was for Mr. Sean Archer to go deep undercover, posing as a freelance domestic terrorist by the name of Castor Troy, in hopes of gathering info on the whereabouts of a known threat somewhere located on the West Coast. Unfortunately, what? the plan backfired as he was, un he was unable to gather all the intel he needed in time. Fortunately, though, the threat was neutralized in other ways. No big deal. But the part okay. that backfired for Sean here is as he attempted to debrief and re-enter back into his life, 
literally no one believed who he was. He had changed his body stature, his weight, his face, his dental records. Like literally the only thing this guy has that is his own is like blood and his growing hair. And his skin, I guess, but like he looks nothing like it. His family doesn't even believe it's him. So he's like months undercover and he comes out. Nobody believes who he is. He actually mistakenly spent time in prison as Caster Troy until he was able to prove via blood test that he was not him. Insane. This is like Mrs. Doubtfire. Dude, right? This is like face off is what it is. This is face off. It's a a flying Big Mama's house is what this is. (laughs) But you're lucky, Johnny. In the end, Sean Archer was able to defeat Caster Troy. He actually killed him with a spear gun, shot him at point blank, and ended up adopting Troy's son. Very cool. And of course, Johnny, as you know, I just described to you the plot of the movie Face Off starring John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I just said that. Wait, wait. Wait, I'm confused. So wait, th- are you talking about... Everything he just said was the plot of the movie Face Off, well, Johnny. Are you, are you talking about Face Off or are yeah, you talking about a real instance? No, it's, it's the movie Face Off. Sean Archer. That oh, was the, the movie Face Off. Castor yeah. Troy. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. All of that was the movie oh. Face Off. Was there a rapey scene with the, the father and daughter, Travolta and the daughter? Like no, there wasn't. no. Because no, that was Like I said was before, pretty. I was very uh, confident there was going to be no more rape in, <laughs> in the rest of this. No, there was a creepy... Uh, there I remember is a scene in Face Off that was like, in there, though. That's very weird. Maybe that was what it was. Yeah, so was there yeah. in Star Wars as well. No, this was a little... They didn't know. <laughs> yeah, well, was. I guess she knew, but he didn't know. Um, <sighs> well... She knew at the time? Wait, wait. wait. She I'm, knew at the time? I'm, Leah knew? I'm, Apparently, didn't she? Did, did Leah not know? I thought. Wait, did, I don't know. That's another podcast. Know. Wait, so wait, wait. Hold so I'm confused goodness. now. Maybe she did. I didn't know the names of the guys. I I, I know who John Travolta and uh, Nicholas Cage are, but and that's a great movie, by the way. I like the movie a lot. But um, oh, my great. question is, you're described that movie. You're not describing a real situation, right? Uh, well, that did really happen in 1997. Um, the procedure was by Doctor Malcolm Walsh. Uh, it happened to be a movie, yes, but it did happen in that movie. Correct. I mean, so I'm the just purpose based of off based explaining, on true events. This is based on no true events. Turns out the full facial uh, transplant didn't actually happen until the 2000s. So they were oh. they were a little off. Oh. And the reason for this is this is the perfect segue into our topic for today, which is Paul is dead. So what we're going to be talking I'm about so today? Confused. You like Chris? You you Christopher Nolan the fuck out of us, uh, <laughs> Taylor. I am so backed up. I can't even tell you what's happening. He just opened with the plot of Face Off. Yeah. Okay. And then segued into who is dead? Paul is dead. Is the name of the segment today? <laughs> okay. And we're uh, not I talking Paul the Shores. It makes sense. Okay. We're not talking Paul the alien. We're talking Paul McCartney, bro. The Beatle, Paul McCartney. Oh. And how he may, in fact, Paul. be dead. So the reason Matt, for the uh, face-off stuff is, like, they went to extreme lengths to, like, you know, take this dude's identity. Like, like literally, they stole his face. They actually stole his face. I leave that part out. <laughs> they take his take face, off face off and put it on John Travolta's that's the, face. That's the quote. He took his face off. Yeah, the, 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 his face, the, face yeah, came off. Well, then, then they... They also faced off. It's a, it's a double, it's a play on words. Double entendre. <laughs> so that kind of shows you the extreme, like, detail that you'd have to go through to, like, to really, you know, convincingly take someone's place, take someone's life, you know, replace someone. Mm-hmm. Not just, you know, steal their banking information or their address, passcodes and shit like that, but you look like this person, 
you become this person, you insert yourself into their life, you, you're around their people, their family, their family doesn't know that it's not you. You legally change your name, okay. all that jargon. So you're saying in this whole segment that I'm going to try to, pre-thought, I'm going to try to like um, uh, get some foreshadow here. You're saying that you believe, or this segment's going to be about Paul McCartney having somebody impersonate him, and he comes back, and it's not actually him, it's somebody else having his face. This whole time he's been dead. Yeah, minus the actually taking his face part. Someone's just impersonating him, essentially. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay, okay, okay. And it's not Person. that it's not that out it's not that far fetched. So I mean there are plenty of cases uh, in the past where <laughs> people have stolen people's identities. I actually have this story. I played football when I was younger, right? When I was in pound ball, mm-hmm. I was like seventh grade or whatever. We our football team was the shit, obviously. We were amazing. Hmm. And we make it all the way to the you? Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, naturally, naturally. Because <laughs> I'm a jack. <laughs> So we get all the way to the Super Bowl, right? And we're playing this team, like, they're our arch rivals from, like, down the road, the Blackwell Bears. And our team was so small, we barely had enough dudes to, like, you know, officially have a team. We had to, like, go get our friends that didn't even play football to, like, join our team so we could be a team. This Blackwell team, they had so many kids on their teams that they formed, like, three different teams for our age group. And they were all labeled by colors. Like, there'd be a Blackwell Black, Blackwell Silver, Blackwell Red. And I don't know if they chose who would play on these teams by, like, how good they were. But I'm sure they did a little bit. I'm sure they made at least two of those teams good. You know, one, like, all the shit I'm sure. players were on. So we get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> We'd already played one of the Blackwell teams. We're familiar with their players. We're playing one of the other Blackwell teams in the Super Bowl. There happened to be two people with the last name Flowers... And not to be like, I mean, an obvious, uh, di- you know, divisive. Uh, one, one guy was white, one guy was black. He was easy to tell. Okay. Mm-hmm. First time we play against the, uh, the white guy, whatever, whatever. His team did not make it to the Super Bowl. So they dressed the other guy in his place, who apparently was better. Who knows? They dressed this other guy mm-hmm. in his place with his jersey, and we played against him. It was crazy. And everyone on our team knew it. It was weird. Conspiracy, man. You know, there's what? There's a movie out there. I, I, there's two. There's actually three movies in my head. Uh, Identity t- theft. No. Freaky Friday. No, 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 no. Well, no. Okay. Blank check. So, I was like, no, stop. stop. <laughs> all right, all right. Two of them are pretty sure are Disney movies. One in which there's a motocross, uh, and the, and the sister takes her brother's place. Another one uh, about soccer, and the sister takes her brother's place and competes because they look the same. And the other one, uh, which has Eddie Murphy in it. And uh, he takes a place somebody else. I can't remember the names. I don't have a computer in front of me. What I'm saying is... Trading I, places? Yes, trading places. That's not with faces. But th- that's taking somebody else's like like security account and stuff. Yeah. Um, social security number. But uh, with the other two movies, these two sisters... Uh, well, they're not related, but the sister and the brother, she, they take their place and essentially win, like you're saying. They win because they took the place of their sibling, in this case, flower to flower. All right, so Johnny is right where you want him right now, Taylor. He, I've never seen him get mind fucked so hard. <laughs> hard, dog. Like, his eyes were glazed <laughs> like I've never seen before. <laughs> and now that he's whatever whatever soccer motocross bullshit he's thinking of What's right it now, called? It, it doesn't matter. Taylor, this is your chance. Take him on a journey because he, he's, he's, he gets it now. I'm, I'm pretty lost right now. 
here's an interesting story of someone who stole an identity, or not necessarily stole an identity, but have impersonated someone else for an extended period of time for some personal gain. So Treva Throneberry is not a character in Jumanji. <laughs> she loved <Awesome> high school. <laughs> she loved high school so much that she, she successfully conned her way into at least five different high schools over the course of 15 years. Her last escapade was in 1997 at the Evergreen High School in Vancouver when she was 28 years of age. Her plan was simple. Wow. She would arrive into a new town, go to a local church, tell them that she's a runaway with a history of abuse, and they would enroll her into the local school. She would make friends, join teams, win debates, be a normal high schooler for a few years. Then she would graduate, and she'd move on to another town and do it again. And she pulled it off in Texas, Idaho, Oregon, and Canada. And she even had a boyfriend. A high school boyfriend. What? She ended up getting That's caught. Kind of it's unclear how she ended up getting caught. Uh, but she ended up serving only three years behind bars for some sort of fraud. Um, yeah, there's no Juliet Law in there. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, right? That's like, yeah, it's that's ins- like that, the, it's like the jock star in high school who, who like, he's like, I'm, I'm going to live forever. Yeah. I love high school. I love high school, man. Fuck my job. Van Wilder. Fuck families. Going back to high school. Yeah, it's basically Van Wilder. And that's who this was, where it's like the pinnacle of those people who just want, like, they, I'm going to be in high school forever. I'm going to live in this moment for the rest <laughs> of my life. Forever. Until I get caught, that is. So she had to get new friends, new <laughs> teachers, new everything. Every single school she yeah, went like to. Yeah, a whole new experience. Like, that sounds like a Which lot of work. Which is kind of cool. It's that of part work. of it's cool. Yeah, but like just like get new jobs. Yeah, I would I, like, not want to go back to like, high school ha- nothing. Yeah, wouldn't hanging out with like teenagers just especially like – yeah, like High as things changed and progressed, like new TV shows, new bands, like pop culture was changing. You'd just yeah. be like, "Man, fuck these nerds! I'm getting out of here!" Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Well, it's actually like uh, a lot of people uh, in this age group uh, these days, like they have a problem with um, like confidence in the workplace. So a lot of people, you know, they, they don't want to hmm. even enter the workplace. They would rather just stay in high school. Just do the thing that they've been doing for 18 years rather than, you know, try this new thing called life once you graduate high school. Well, it's a fear like, the if I could trade, ba- trade in all my, you know, pre 18 years and just like start at 18, like, dude, bring it on. It'd be so dope. Oh, me, me too. Same here. Me too. 100%. Kid stuff was cool. It was fun. I had a unknown. great childhood, but like, dude, if I can eliminate all school, oh, man, I would, I would have 18 more years of, of experience doing something. Like a trade, like something valuable, you know. Seta sat there for right. eighteen yeah, years, like a short, you know, sitting there, asleep at my desk, playing playing football. <laughs> I was a good. I was being a, good a being, <laughs> being a football star. I was yeah, not a good Wait, student. Wait a football star, y'all. Yeah, I was uh, five seven, mm-hmm. hundred fifty pounds. You can imagine how uh, threatening I was on the gridiron. Oh, <laughs> uh, you were basically like a little Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> little Dwayne the Tate Rock Nelson. Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> I was more stone cold than anything, really. If we're talking <laughs> and WWF. You still are. <laughs> what, WWF. All right, so. Well, what the fuck? We got one more person who is like, I don't know how this dude, how this dude got away with what he did. This guy, this guy describes himself, has been described 
as the Leonardo da Vinci of mental manipulation. Mm. Okay. Um, hopefully, I'm going to pronounce this guy's name right. I'm going to say Terry, even though there's a lot of different letters in here. I'm going to say Terry. <laughs> <laughs> so, Terry Tilly brainwashed a group of French elites into giving him tons of fucking cash. He claimed to be a descendant of the Habsburgs, which is a, a, also a secret agent working for a group called the Balance of the World. Tilly convinced three generations of French aristocrats that they were descendants of the Balance of the World members and that their lives were in mortal danger. He was able to swindle them out of $4.5 million and was able to Whoa. convince them to move out of town into a town called Oxford and support themselves with normal labor jobs. Fucking crazy. Finally, one That's of them crazy. came to their senses, called the cops, because they were like, uh, this doesn't make sense. Why would we just have to move and get a job? <laughs> like, <laughs> So he was arrested for fraud and spent hella good time in jail, in prison. So... Obviously, what it takes to to pull off a hoax like this is dedication. You, know, you got to be dedicated. You got to stick with it. So, as immersed as a trained method actor like Daniel Day Lewis or the great Ryan Gosling, to steal someone's identity would be to not only look, act, and speak like another person, but you have to really connect to that person's memories and past experiences, and you have to convince people and yourself that those memories are yours. You have to look mm-hmm. like them physically. You have to become them mentally for extended periods of time, if not forever. Like change your eating habits, your likes, your dislikes, everything about your look. Maybe your accent. Maybe your gender. It's fucking crazy. I mean, that's that's basically what method acting is. Uh, in, the, in, the, in the world right. of, of movies, you have somebody like the guy who played Lincoln in the movie Lincoln, um, Abraham Lincoln. And he became Lincoln on set. Everyone would call him Mr. Lincoln or Abe or Honest Abe. Or you have um, Heath Ledger, who plays Joker in Dark Knight. And, you know, they become that character. Unlike, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, traditional acting. In method acting, you essentially embody the character, become them, and live as them, have their memories, do yeah. what they would do. Benicio Del Toro became the Wolfman in the movie The Wolfman, and he was like peeing on things. Exactly. Like, <laughs> peeing on chairs awesome. and trees. Didn't, and- didn't, didn't the new... Joker, what's his name? I was forget. Jared Leto. Did he sent a dead pig to one of his co-stars. Uh, was like, yeah, it was yeah. like a dead animal. And, and like that's just method acting. So it, when you become the character, when you become this guy in, for the French elites, you you got to go balls deep. If you don't, you're gonna get found out for sure. Yeah, I think with that, you'd have to be uh, solid with your plan, and you have to stick to it no matter what. Yeah, I, I read that Daniel Day Lewis when he was doing the uh, Last of the Mohicans, he would like. He would only hunt his own food. He would only eat shit that he could hunt and forage himself. <laughs> He's crazy. He's insane. He actually, he did, he did Phantom Thread recently, and he actually made his own dress from scratch because that's what his, char- his character was, a dressmaker. And so he's like, I need to do it to immerse myself into the character. <laughs> like, no, you don't. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. <laughs> on, a, on small scale, when it comes to, like, things where you have to, like, become emotional on screen, I get that. But when you have to become the character, like, Hmm. I don't personally know there's a huge difference as an audience member. Yeah. Well, I feel like, Taylor, I feel like you've calmed Johnny down. Like, he's in a really zen place right now because he feels, like, really confident that he knows what's going on. Well, yeah. But he has no idea the the, bombshell. For the first time in this (laughs) this podcast, I know a little bit about what we're talking about, method acting and method, you know, living. I did, I, 
I'm, but that could easily change as it has in every episode. He's just tiptoeing you. He's holding your hand. He's walking it's you down the, the road to get closer to <laughs> the end goal. And when he gets there, you're in for a treat. Dude, I'm excited for this. So, William Shears Campbell, <laughs> a.k.a. Billy Shears, was born into an underprivileged house of 10, presumably on November 15, 1943, in Liverpool. Hmm. He was the lead man in a local rock act called Billy Pepper and the Pepper Pots. And by 1964, they were considered one of Liverpool's finest acts. Now, rumor has it that in 1965, the Beatles, yes, the famed Beatles, held a lookalike contest, and this Billy won for his uncanny uh, resemblance of Paul McCartney. Now, everything I just told you could be true. Maybe it's not fucking true. I can't explain to you the whirlwind of different fucking facts that I found trying to research this topic. Literally every fact that I just listened to you, I found four or so alternatives. All the way down to his fucking name. Like, William Campbell Shepard, Billy Shepard, Billy Spears. I think William Spears was one of them. Some people say he was born in September. Some people say November. Some people say he was from Alabama and wasn't even English. It's fucking crazy. But the weirdest part is that this band, Billy Pepper and the Pepper Pots, apparently was not even a real band. But you can find Hmm. their shit online. They're apparently like a house band put together by a record label. uh, One of the same record labels as involved with the Beatles. And they would put together like mixtape type albums from people in the city, in Liverpool at the time. And they were constantly playing on those. Their lead singer, this guy named Billy Shears. They sounded just like the Beatles, but just shittier, kind of. You know, it's all at the same time. So I'm sure yeah, everyone every, was trying like, to play that stuff. Yeah, just shittier. Everyone was doing it. The monkeys, yeah. the zombie, like everyone was sounding like the Beatles. So apparently, it is 100% fact that the Beatles held a lookalike contest. What yeah. is not fact, apparently, is that supposedly no winners were ever announced. But then again, I found information that said there was another announced winner. But we won't even dig into that. So, well, so it's very possible. Sorry, one second. It's very possible that this guy, Billy Shears, Billy Hears, all that, those different things, he could have like been a real person. This is a possibility. I'm just thinking about it right now. And he would yeah. have given out his name, obviously, as the wrong name. Like he could have been like method acting as this guy, but not doing it correctly. Like we talked about earlier, like he's immersing himself, but like okay. saying the wrong last name. Who knows? He's That's trying possible. to create a whole other character. Literally, yeah. Like he doesn't want to like be yeah. found out. Like imagine if you were impersonating Paul McCartney, you wouldn't want you know your you know your name to be connected to the like your family, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, the people around you that share your lineage, your same last so name. So he could have easily just like picked a different name, like. Fuck that name up a thousand times. I could easily do that. Like if I wouldn't remember my my, my alleged um my screen name, and then that could right. be where we are now. I, mean, I guess his artist name has these different Billy opinions Pepper of who he is. In this case, well, yeah, right. BPPP, Billy Pepper and the Pepper Pots. Yeah, so just it's remember that Billy Pepper and the Pepper Pots, and also his artist name possibly being Billy Shears. Just keep that in the back of your head. So it's okay. possible. It's rumored that he was actually hired by the band's manager Brian Epstein as a writer for their monthly magazine. 
So the Beatles had a monthly magazine that was just like, everything Beatles, all the Beatles are doing. Obviously, they have writers. Uh, apparently, this person was one of the writers. Um, he was a left-handed guy, apparently a really talented musician, good composer. He could sing well. Um, obviously, he would have to if he's going to impersonate Paul McCartney. Not only impersonate Paul McCartney, but literally be Paul McCartney. What's odd yeah. about William yeah. Shears Campbell, a.k.a. Billy Shears, as in, in 1966, he completely disappeared from all history. There is no oh. trace of him post-1966. Fucking weird. Mm. Wow. Fuzzy about the date of this, but at 5 a.m. in the morning on September 9th or 11th, some people say it was in November, 1966, James Paul McCartney was in a fatal car accident where he was decapitated instantly. In a panic... Wait, 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 wait. wait. Go ahead. Wait, wait. You're, you're saying that there, there, there is a... A story or a report where Paul McCartney's got decapitated in 1966. Yeah, there are images yeah. too. 1966. Yeah, there are plenty dead? of images of the car. You can see the car. There's no like decapitation images or whatever, but you see the car. It's a mangled but old that's car. That's a story. Yeah, it looks like the uh, car with like that's... the James Dean car or whatever. Like it's trashed. Dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds really coincidental. Very and, coincidental, and he, doesn't he get it? In a f- or consequential? He got like in a fight too. Like he, it, it was <laughs> raining, and he got in a fight with the band, and then left angrily. Paul and, did, yeah. Or? And then that's when he flipped. Yeah. He like crashed the car into a tree and got decapitated. Uh, allegedly decapitated, and this is the same. No, year. no, definitely decapitated. You didn't see pictures. I mean, definitely pictures. decapitated. Yeah. I mean, I mean, history is saying that he was decapitated. Well, oddly enough, on September eleventh, nineteen sixty-six. Hopefully, that doesn't connect to. Uh, you know, never forget, you know, trade towers and shit. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's crazy that you say that. Um, my In my mind, uh, you can't come back from that. You can't come back from your head coming off. You know, <laughs> yeah, so that's, there's 0% that's chance it. of that. But uh, <laughs> since you bring that up, there is actually a case of, uh, there has been a case of a full head transplant on a monkey. Um, I believe the monkey uh, lived not, no, full head. No, head. Full head. Brain has been done. Partial uh, brains have been done on mice. But the full head was transplanted onto a monkey. Monkey to monkey. And it was able to survive for like nine days. Okay, well, I'm going to say in that scenario, I'm sure that they had two monkeys side by side and a practice surgeon. But in this case, Paul McCartney was in a car accident. And he actually was probably mangled. Not only G-force, like collision, concussion, blood trauma, brute force, all those things. And a severed head. All those things. Yeah, you could probably not and tell probably not what a some doctor body right parts there. were. And then there, there's, there wasn't a doctor right there to like do the surgery. So the, there's no way that could be done. If he, if I'm not saying he did, because I don't, I haven't seen the report. But if he was decapitated, there's no way you could come back from that. There's not a plausible story. Right. It's certainly part of the story is. Ne- it's not part of the story that he lived from this. That is in no way part of the story. <laughs> I love that. That's what Johnny was hung up on. No, I'm saying, I'm saying that guys th- like, there's no way a man no, who dude. has a decapitated head is coming back from that. I'm saying if that is a true story, then he has to have been impersonated. Exactly. And it's just so odd yeah. that I mean, late 1966. Also, when you know Billy Shears disappears from the map, and it's also it's a it's a well known fact actually that all of the Beatles had multiple body doubles. They had to. Um, Beatlemania yeah, had was to. like a yeah. real thing. 
Like when these chicks, like especially in America, like oh, when yeah. they finally made it over to America, oh, yeah. what they describe as Beatlemania is ridiculous. Like not the same kind of thing as chicks being all about Justin Bieber. You know, probably some chicks yeah. crying or whatever when he's there, kissed on the cheek. Oh my God, my life, I just freaked out. But these these women, girls, um, passing out, having to go to the hospital, Insane. hyperventilating, yeah. not able to control their bodily functions. One person described the presence of these girls. They'd be so tightly packed, uncontrollable. This one guy described a river of urine <laughs> coming from a crowd of these girls Whoa. one time. Like, that would be a common common occurrence. It's just filth, bullshit. What's you that? know, it, it's a common uh, it's a common belief medically that if your body is relaxed, not like not like excited about the Beatles, or whatever, but if your body is relaxed and you feel comfortable, your bladder can release itself. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was a a side effect of being seeing your, your biggest fans. And I'll say I saw a music video when I was younger, black and white music video uh, from the Beatles, and the whole premise was them running away from fangirls. So yeah, I can you think of like Hard Day's Night, I think. Yeah, that was the whole video. Uh, uh-huh. That was like them running away, and like apparently yeah. that is not far from the truth. You know, like that's apparently really the way yeah. it was. So they had to have body I can doubles. Believe it. Yeah, and they would, you know, just like you would imagine, you know, the car would come in with the supposed Beatles, the body doubles get out, everyone freaks the fuck out, they're hushed into the venue, you know, but all the while the me- the real Beatles are, you know, snook in, you know, snuck in the, the back somewhere, yeah. some other way. So they're so who's the real verifiably Beatles? body doubles of all four of them out there, and they had multiples. So there are right. multiple people out and there that was in the like world public information. who were these body doubles. What's that? Yeah, that was like public information. People knew that. Like that's yeah. You can look that up and like I can believe it. Yeah, I mean it's a, it was a, it's a thing. Like they were so big having body doubles in case they were and especially especially more after when John Lennon was assassinated. Yeah. They beefed that up even more. Um and kind of a weird but years uh, after that, yeah. Kind of a weird side to that is a lot of people speculate this sounds really crazy. A lot of people speculate that there were multiple Beatles in general that would play on stage because people have mapped out their strenuous tour schedule which they only toured for a few years. A lot of people don't realize that. They they actually stopped touring in 1966, which is another odd part of this. They never toured again after that. Weird. Right. I mean, they well, they blame I, it on stress and like, it, oh, we were on tour for three years straight and we we're done with the Beatlemania. Let's just make some records. But, that's I mean, rock bands, the reason rock bands exist is to go play live shows. So it's kind of weird that right, 19, like right where well, you're in, like your peak, right at the peak, they stopped performing. Doesn't it's not weird for me because if if if, if one of my if band members guys got decapitated, I would stop the band. <laughs> I would I would stop the band right. for sure. So it doesn't it doesn't it's not weird to me at all. If and once again I'm I am this is all the the dependent variable or whatever the this all hinges on the fact that he did get decapitated. Yeah, yeah it, I mean, even did. if he wasn't decapitated, like, yeah, the thought is he died on that day in that car crash. Yeah, and in a panic, Brian Epstein, their manager, um, brought in uh, Billy Shears, who was, you know, obviously a lookalike and on his staff already. He brings him in to replace Paul McCartney, and they plan on having him be a replacement for about two weeks. That's the original goal. 
have them be there for like two weeks. They'll figure out how they're going to break this to the world. And then they'll break it to the world. So it turns out, though, they really liked Billy Shears. He looked exactly like Paul McCartney. He sounded fairly close. Um, he played bass and guitar well. You know, he apparently was good. He was a good composer. Oddly enough, if you chart the Beatles' hits, most of their hits came post-1966. And a lot of people say that 1966 is a big turning point in their writing styles and their, their whole style of music, which that it was kind of a big turning point. That's when they stopped touring and they kind of got all hippie, you know, started doing drugs, did the whole India thing. Um, so there's like a three-year period there from 66 to 69 where they're really experimenting with drugs, really becoming different people, not so much the flower pop band that they were before. You know, so that could have something to do with uh, you know, the change in style. But a new composer coming on the scene would obviously have an effect on you know, your writing style as a band. You know, there's a lot of different avenues you can take with this. Either A, Billy Shears came into it, just happened that the manager said, hey, come on, or the Beatles... Um, on purpose killed Paul just so they could have a new person in, or Billy did it, it was an inside job, and just so he <laughs> could get the limelight. However, however you slice it, whatever hypothetical or or, um, or tale you, you, folklore you go into, um, it's still really crazy that they got more popular post-death. That says something about like all these options of like why that would happen. Like, right. I didn't think Paul was a bad composer. I, I mean, at this whole time I thought it was actually him composing it, but, but uh, <laughs> it blows me away. Well, if you think about if they did change writing styles, you know, they, they got deeper into metaphysical stuff, you know, really trippy stuff, mm-hmm. and got off girl love song type stuff. I think that really opens the doors to, like, obviously music lovers already love them because they're great, you know, musicians and they write great melodies and whatnot. But, you know, when you really change your style to be more artistic, you know, people are probably going to gravitate towards that more, I would say. Especially when they're growing out of their you know, their young teen years, these girls were 14 and 15 when they're doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, they got to go somewhere after that. So maybe that's something Well, to they were it. writing, like, pops, they were writing pop songs, and, you know, when Billy Shears took over as, I, I mostly believe this whole entire thing, which is, which is why. I, I'm going to be honest, uh, I kind of, I believe it too. I'm going to go, I believe it. Yeah. Even though most of the information I, I, I found think, has been bogus. But I still do. Yeah, but I, I the whole de- idea because the government eventually spoiler alert I don't you know we're, we'll cover it in just a little bit the government becomes involved and that's what's so important is that because the government became involved finding the correct information like there should be holes in these stories if all the information was easy to find it would be online uh, to be easy but like if if the government was involved. And they buried this. Yeah, the information should be hard to find. But the fact that the music style changed and they went from playing like pop music to weird experimental like music that really wasn't for anybody. But because they were so big, people were just like, oh, the fucking Beatles are the greatest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And like the, the music was just really bizarre. Brand loyalty. They were. Yeah, they were loyal. But I think there was a hope that if they wrote more experimental music, their fan base would teeter. And people wouldn't notice the specific things. And I don't want to spoil it because Taylor's going to dive into it. But like there are specific factors about this false Paul, this Billy Shears, that give it. There are a dead giveaway that it's not actually Paul McCartney. 
So they were trying to target like stoners, people who were tripping on acid with this new style of music that they were composing and that they were creating in hopes that, you know, the non-stoner fan base, (laughs) the non-high fan base would drop off and not notice uh, this false Paul. There are clues, an insane amount of clues that are obviously purposeful. I mean, there's no way to just, like accidentally slip some of these in here. Like these are huge huge big clues which could be, you know, it's possible that at some point Brian Epstein, you know, brilliant manager, marketer, he pretty much made them from nothing into Beatlemania. Like what if you came up with this plan to like fake one of their deaths? You know, get a bunch of uh or uh, Jeff, yeah, either fake one of their deaths or just have a story out there that, you know, one of them's dead, oh my God, just to get people talking about him again. You know, and then who knows? You know, maybe the sales would go up. Oddly enough, there are huge spikes in the sales after these stories drop. So the way... Of course. Oh, of course. Yeah. The way... It, it's... Uh, it... <laughs> well, to stick with Nick's point here, let's, let's talk about some of the more simple differences with fake Paul which from this point on, we'll call him Fall. That's what they call him out in the world. Call him Fall. So one of the main differences in Fall is that he's like three inches taller than Paul. Like three inches. It's not like slightly taller. It's like three inches taller. And one of the things with the Beatles, you know, pre-66, is that Paul McCartney and John Lennon were almost exactly the same height. They're 5'11". Almost exactly the same height. John Lennon's right-handed. Paul McCartney's left-handed. So they stand there next to each other, and they can sing on the same mic, and it looks cool and artistic, and you know, because they're, you know, their guitars are opposite directions and whatnot, and they're the same height, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they sing these insanely tight harmonies, you know. So it's like a, a really cool, really cool thing. So when you throw one of them in there, that's now three inches taller, like that's a completely different tell. artistic show. You can you can tell. And then from the get-go, that setup wouldn't just be as cool from the get-go. You know? Like, it wouldn't have the impact as it would if they were the same height. Um, He was much more slender than Paul McCartney. Um, He had a much more narrow face, a longer chin, a longer face. Um, And around 1967, Fall showed evidence in the outside corner of his eyes that he had recently had eye surgery to mimic mm. the pre-66 Paul McCartney's eyes. He has this like distinct fold over in the corners of his eyes that kind of give him that, that puppy dog droopy look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And while Billy Shears already had the main look, you know, his, he, he, this guy looked almost identical to Paul McCartney anyways. Um, so he gets this eye surgery to fix the corners, uh, apparently ends up getting a chin surgery to fatten his chin a little bit. One of the biggest red flags about Fall is his earlobes. Um, Fall's earlobe is disconnected. You know, it comes off the face, mm-hmm. it droops into an earlobe, and it comes back into the ear. Where Paul McCartney, his earlobes just comes right off his face and goes up to his ear. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a recessive That doesn't change. Trait. Like, unless you... Yeah, exactly. That doesn't change. Unless you pierce your ears and you, you know, you, you, you gauge them out or whatever and they start to droop. Another not the opposite massive, way, though. What's that? But not the opposite way. They don't go from droopy to connected. Yeah, exactly. Well, falls were disconnected, but so it would be going oh. from. Oh, yeah. 
so I guess okay. yeah, there, yeah. You shine some light on that. There, there's a possibility that his ears just stretched out when he was older, but that part of the earlobe, like I'm pretty sure, that's something that does not change in people. Mm-hmm. Another thing that does not change in people, although you can make it look different, is the natural crown in your hair. Johnny, you know about the crown in people's hairs, right? You got a big I, old crown. No, yeah, hair. it's a, that's that's also a recessive or a. I don't think I do. Are you talking about like the the, the little point at the front? Yeah, yeah. You like your cow lick or whatever. I. I don't have that in the front of my hair, actually, surprisingly enough. I have, I have a flat. I think it's, that's the dominant trait. You're talking about, like, the one that comes out to a little point versus the one that's just flat. Well, I guess your, your crown is the side that it parts on, naturally. Oh. Oh, maybe I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he did, but he has no fucking Uh-oh. clue. See, Johnny uh, does his hair extensively, ways? so it's possible that he does such weird maneuvers with his hair that he has no idea where his natural crown is. Yeah. Walk us through your hair uh, process, Jonathan. I was actually so glad you <laughs> asked me that. So it really, it really took off in high school. I used to just grow my hair out a long, a long, long way and have my dad just cut it down to like a, a four buzz cut. But then I realized, you know what? Screw that. I want to actually have some style in my hair. I don't, I don't have amazing looks. I don't have amazing height. So you know what? I'm going to style my hair. Um, that's also subjective. Who knows? Maybe someone thinks I'm attractive. Shout out. So what I was saying. I don't know what the fuck you just said, John. Okay, well, you asked me about hair, my hair, so I got to go fast because it's a long process. So no, you just literally <laughs> tell me the process. I'm about to. It's a long process. So you, I didn't need the backstory. The process yet. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so that was that was the fourth story. Why I did it? So, anyways, I uh, I first take a shower really quickly, depending on the day. Uh, shampoo conditioner, no problem. I have to dry it out to a a, a nice like damp or semi dry. Then I'll blow dry all to one side. Flip it the other way so that the hair kind of stands up on itself. Then, this is where it gets crazy. I, with like a five-inch straightener, straighten my hair and curl it kind of like, but kind of turn it over like a wave. Um, Done it for a couple years. And then I I maybe put uh, like a product in it, pomade. Maybe I don't. Depends on the day. But uh, that's the process. This whole entire time, I just just never knew what a crown was. Johnny is basically (laughs) Christian Bale in American Psycho. (laughs) I I, Thank you. Without the hatchets and chainsaws. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I mean, did you feel that business card though maybe <laughs> <laughs> that one went over Johnny's head he's never seen American Psycho I guess I haven't I thought I did what nope. oh man that was a good one dude that's a good one good that's so good anyway back to fall back to cowlick so you're saying his cowlick was different yeah so pre 1966 his cowlick or crown on his hair was on one side I believe it was his left. Doesn't really matter. What matters is that it was on one side. Post-66, it's on the other side. For 30 or 40 years, current Paul McCartney, it's now on the original side, which some people have pointed out. Take a look at Paul McCartney. He probably, I think he wears a wig. Um so that could explain it. I don't awesome. know why he wouldn't just keep with the same crown side that he's had for the past 40 years, you know? Let me change it up. Maybe so. Yeah, maybe change it up. But And I don't want to, like, disrespect Paul McCartney, but because obviously he's great. He's a great musician. You know, we love That's him. That's Sir love Paul McCartney to he's you, a sir. Taylor? He's a Sir Paul McCartney. <laughs> he's been knitted. He looks like he Nighted? has had a significant amount of plastic surgery. You know, he looks like one well, of those. Like, he's got blame. like a Michael Jackson, uh, Caitlyn Jenner like thing going lot, on. I don't want to be do that. disrespectful, but yeah. 
No, no, no. Well, that there, happens. There's even a scar that w- appeared, and they say in the whole false Paul scenario that his chin uh, or jawline, one, one of the things, that it, it wasn't close enough to Paul McCartney, so he actually went under the knife, and they botched his face. So Paul, after 1966, or fall, had a scar on his chin, and it's been there ah. ever since. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't relate that to Fall or Paul. Any who'd you relate it to? The populace. Anybody? Be- what? Wait one second. I'm, I'm going to get there. Anybody, myself included. When you get to a certain age, you, I'm, I'm not sure how old he was in 1966, but you have, I would say, like a midlife crisis. People get plastic surgery. Bruce Willis did it. Michael Jackson did it. He you know? was like twenty something. Dude, I know people who were eighteen right. who've, gotten, who've gotten plastic surgery. For but this for is also in the sixties too, man. Like, you know, I, I don't know. That's if- true. That's, if it was that prevalent, that's true. It wasn't, or I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't yeah, think plastic surgery shows, was like. I mean, facial transplants didn't happen until the 2000s or 1997, if you will. So, <laughs> but but you're, you're you're saying that that one of them, Fall or Paul, got surgery on his chin definitively. Fall got surgery because his chin was the one thing they were afraid. Yeah, like he had a really slender chin. Government. And Paul McCartney had a so really they had to like, broaden robust, his chin. fatty kind of chin. So they yeah. had to round it out a little bit. And I think his mm. cleft was in a different but, position. Yeah, it was so important to get it right because, like, the government be- became involved because they were genuinely concerned about the well-being of the fans of Beatlemania. Right? Yeah. And they were afraid that there was going to be, like, a mass suicide if they found out if, if the fans found out Paul died. Uh, probably. Yeah, MI5. I mean, they leg- it's legit. <laughs> MI5 investigated. <laughs> to see, I, I believe they didn't actually investigate until it was like the 2000s. I'm pretty sure, but they investigated if someone could be an imposter. I, I forget what they call it, the Knights Court or whatever, because he is a sir, so it would definitely affect um, things going on in their country. But not only that, like it would take so many higher ups, it would take so many people involved in this on the ground level, like right around like the social circle of these people. Like, to, to carry this on, like, right from the get-go. Like, I mean, he was married. He had, um, you know, a family. He, had a, he has a twin brother. <laughs> he's, he's got a mother. You know, like, where are these people? What is, what's their reaction to it? Fall well, became Paul. To all these other people, there's no, there was no difference. You know, like if Mary Kate and Ashley, like, well, I guess, like if one of them passed away, I guess their parents, I guess their parents know which one's Mary Kate, which one's Ashley. <laughs> I guess that's dumb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's one I, of the I weird things. Is, uh, that is apparently a non-issue <laughs> in this whole thing. That's something that came up zero in any of the research. Is you know what the wife says, what the family says, what the butler says, against you know, fall. shit like that. Yeah, well, I don't what think about it is. Fall? I think yeah. the go- the the government came in and because there's also some uh, rumors that got out that like the government threatened because because Fall it almost became too much for Fall and the management like his manager could not contain him anymore so the government became involved like this is a, now a government crisis if you disobey we people, will kill you people will commit suicide if you essentially disobey and therefore we Well then the government's it. like yeah you're, you're like you're going to become a harm to somebody to millions of people you're like a terrorist at that point yeah exactly and as uh, far as like uh. the wife and kid go, the, the wife kid brother all that they were riding on Paul's fame that makes sense so right. if fall fucked up and the beatles 
broke up, all that money and all that fame would just go away. But right. because they kept going and, and they persevered, like some say, money. yeah, like a lot, but a lot of their gains came from at post-1966 when they wrote all that weird experimental shit. So right. if, in my mind, if Fall this whole time, I, I mean, he's not dead yet, right? I saw him, am, am I crazy? I saw him in a music festival or awards. Paul McCartney? Somewhere. Yeah. 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 So he's an old guy now, or I, that's disrespectful. He's he's an older, <laughs> older gentleman. And if I was, was old fall, as fuck. if I was a fall, okay. So if I was old as fuck and I wanted to be dead, I wanted to not be this for so long. Why wouldn't he just fake his own death and be away? But he's still in pop culture at this point. I mean, he would have to do gone. it again. So why? You know? That was why saying, even but, but, like but at this point he is. You know, when he was in his twenties, he gave up Billy Shears. He became Paul McCartney. I would be fine being Paul McCartney and not Billy Shears. No right. disrespect yeah, to who he was before. No, at a certain point, if in, this is a hypothetical I want to ask you guys. Like, would you go for like $100 million? Would you go 100 years in the future and forget everybody you had back here? It's a crazy hypothetical I've had. You heard it said, or is that too fast? For $100 million, would you go 100 years in the future and forget everything you had back here and live your own life? It's a hypothetical I've had from my life for a long time because like the people you'd lose, the the life you, you, you've you built is gone like Billy Shears, but you get to be Paul McCartney and have $100 million. You get what I'm saying? Because I couldn't I, do that. I couldn't do that. No, I, I, I wouldn't because it's like, why? You know, why would you do that? But I think that's so different from would you become someone else in this current time period? Yeah, it's more. Yeah. It's, it's more difficult. Uh, I, like, I think that's like, would you become someone else? It's like, well, you'd still be around all these people and you'd be connected to these people in some way. Yeah, you have responsibilities. So it's so different instead of literally like everyone you loved, cared about, whatever is gone and you get to go 100 million years in the future. Right, valid. When the earth is a fucking hole in the in space. <laughs> it's all it's, burnt it's, out. Instead of a donut hole, it's a, it's a hole. It is. Oh my gosh. So, that makes sense. I, 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 I still find a hard time believing in the fact that this whole time he hasn't just like pulled the plug. Like, what is he? Had to Why lose? would he? He's become Paul. He's like Benicia del Toro, del Toro but, and Wolfman, and or nobody else. Nobody else that knew the family, the friends. If no. they're making money and like he's became like he has been Paul McCartney what about, since 1966. What's a friend of the friend of the friend that knows Paul eats with this silverware that certain way, or he says this certain thing about this certain type of music? I'm telling you, if I if I was friends with somebody until like they were 20 or whatever Paul was when he was 1966, and I knew all their mannerisms, a friend of a friend of a friend knew my mannerisms. They, there's no way the government would find that many people. I I, I find it hard to believe. Today's podcast, just like last week's podcast, is brought to you by Glorp Gum. If you guys want to buy an amazing piece of gum and also get a free t-shirt with it, you can do that right now. The gum is delicious and the t-shirt is dope as hell. Uh, we have an offer code. You can go over to glorpgum.com and type in the code I'm a broliever, I apostrophe M space A space broliever, B-R-O-L-I-V-E-R, and you can save 15% on an order of $20 or more, which is friggin' sweet. To really get into some of these notable clues that Sir Fall and the rest of the Beatles have left behind in their music and on their albums and in their their printed releases, we're going to need to talk about how this whole rumor possibly got started. So, in September of 1969, Tim Harper, an editor at the Drake University uh, School newspaper, published an article called 
Is Beatle Paul McCartney dead? Referring to rumors that have been circulating around the campus, citing clues from their recent albums. Um, some of those notable clues, uh, one that you might already be familiar with is the Abbey Road cover. Um, pretty familiar with them just like walking on the crosswalk, you know? Yeah, we yeah. actually, you, Nick, and I all were in England and tried to recreate that photo. Right, exactly. And we didn't do it because, God, Abbey Road is like hours away from London. That's, geez, <laughs> come on, geography. Geography, get your shit together. Move cities <laughs> into where I'm <laughs> staying. <laughs> Maybe if the earth was flat, we could make it all the way to Abbey Road in less than three uh, hours. Go over. It's weird. So, <laughs> I don't know. I was, was going to try and not sound like a flat earth theorist. <laughs> So to explain the Abbey Road, <laughs> the Abbey Road cover is uh, basically the dudes, the four, the four beats, the beatmans, uh, crossing the street, and they are led by uh, Mr. Mr. John. Uh, he's dressed in all white. Says that he is the priest. Mm-hmm. Ringo, all black, as the Undertaker. Ringo Starr. Uh, next in line is Sir Paul or Sir Fall. He is actually barefoot in this photo. Uh, symbolizing him as the corpse. Mm-hmm. And then George taking up the rear in uh, a Canadian uh, tuxedo, <laughs> all blue jeans, as the gravedigger. <laughs> <laughs> now, in the background of this shot, there is a, a car, an English car, could be VW, I don't know. You know, English cars, how tight they look. So on the license plate on the back, it says a couple letters, blah, 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 blah. And then it says 28IF, 28IF. And oddly enough, if Paul McCartney would have lived past 1966, he would have been 28. So cool little clue that has been thrown. Two two clues on that. Oddly enough, I never thought about that. Like Paul McCartney is like the original 27. Like he's not... He's not considered one of the 27, you know, one of the people that die when they're 27. Um, Jimi Hendrix, um, oh, Kurt Cobain, yeah, yeah. Janis Joplin. They all died when they were 27. So did Paul McCartney. What the fuck? This is crazy. Never noticed what? that. Yeah, never noticed that. Man, Club, uh, Club 27. Sure just died. He's like 28. Yeah. Who? I think Avicii was 27. Oh, Avicii? Yeah, was, I didn't see how old Avicii was. Just died. Was Avicii 27? Let's Google that shit. I'm sure he was around that age. He might have been, he he been younger than that. Okay, you we'll guys Google that. I'll sit here with my pen and paper and just kind of stare <laughs> out. <in the laughs> yeah, draw office. numbers and just see what... He was 28. 28. <laughs> I actually have been drawing this whole time. <laughs> uh, he was 28. <laughs> ah, yeah. So I actually know... Ooh, you know so maybe I'm, that was alluding to him. <laughs> so I'm actually 32 years old, so... I'm, I'm sorry, Concrete Supergun, my bandmates, but apparently I'm not one of the 27... <laughs> And neither are y'all. <laughs> we could still I'm be successful, not one though. Of the Don't worry. <laughs> we could still be successful. I can still make it. <laughs> I'm gonna be 27 next week. <laughs> what? Oh shit, dude! This is gonna be yeah. a, a nail biter of a year for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so, several I got, I printed ads, print covers, back covers, um, posters, marketing stuff shows. All four of the Beatles, and sometimes artistically, sometimes photos. In a lot of these, post-66, Paul McCartney is either, he's basically doing what the other three are not doing. 
So if the other three are facing forward, he faces backwards or to a different side. If the other three are facing to a side, he stares directly into the camera. Um, just another way to like isolate him as like, hey, look at that guy. Kind of weird. Well, like he's not one of but, us. Well, you can't sit here. <laughs> I, but, you can't sit here. Okay. That's a very, very subtle, subtle, subtle clue, you know. Could yeah, be something, could so. just be an artistic choice. I mean, if you go back to the uh, the classic South Park episode uh, that features Faith Plus One, and you'll see the, the sequence where Eric Cartman directs the, the photo shoot for the cover, one guy has to be looking away if it was going to be an artistic cover, right? <laughs> it just makes sense. <laughs> it's, it's too coincidental, though. But, but that happens a lot yeah, in exactly, art. Like, yeah. I, I remember growing yeah. up, and I'd see like, I'd see a lot of different bands, and like they'd be the front man, whether it's Anthony Kiedis or like Billy Joe, and there'd be either the lead singer or uh, a band, even like in sync or whatever. There'd always be like the one guy like Zane in one direction, you know? There would be the one guy that's yeah. just different. You got JT. They, you got they emphasize on you that. know Justin Timberlake. Boom. Yeah. Emps- they know? emphasize on the difference. But right. But what's odd about the Beatles is like there's no lead man. You know, I you could argue there isn't. Yeah, you could argue that John Lennon and Paul McCartney were both the lead guys, but. Dude, yeah, George Harrison I, has hella hits. Ringo, I mean, Ringo Starr has yeah, number one hits. Ringo. Yeah, that's what they say. Everyone hates Ringo, but like he's got number yeah, one hits that he wrote. You know, like, and not only that, he has had an uber successful career as a solo artist. And if you talk to like, I, I saw this uh, interview. It was like uh, interviews with great drummers. So it was like, obviously Dave Grohl's on there. Chad Smith was on there. Some other badass drummers. And they're talking about Ringo Starr. And they're talking about how he's one of the greatest drummers mm-hmm. of all times for his simplistic style mm-hmm. that like people just can't really replicate. That may sound dumb, like that may seem dumb. There are probably some amazing drummers out there, like, dude, you're a fucking idiot. But I don't know. I'm just repeating what <laughs> Dave Grohl said, <laughs> and as we all know, <laughs> he is an archangel. So. <laughs> if anybody knows the true story of Fall, I bet you Dave Grohl knows the fucking truth. He's like rock god. Oh, you best believe he you does. Best believe, yeah. He's made songs with Paul McCartney or Fall McCartney, if you will. He knows what it is. False McCartney. So, so is Kanye West. <laughs> that, that's actually what made Paul McCartney famous. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Dude, Gosh, all right, McCartney. yeah. So when that song came Kanye out, West track. like, dude, I saw the video and I was like, oh man, Paul McCartney made a song with Kanye. Whack. But okay, we'll see where that goes. I see all the social media comments and shit. All these people are like, damn, this guy is so lucky Kanye put him up like that. Now everybody knows who he is. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. Some old English guy. Probably, he's off, probably a mate. school teacher. <laughs> now, here's, a, here's an odd oh, fact. That's funny. Stupid. Paul McCartney, uh, with his time with the Beatles, only raked in $7 million. Seven, what? Yeah, $7 million as a Beatle. Six hundred and sixty million. Six hundred and sixty million post Beatles, mainly due to his solo career and wings, if you will. And sure, some of that that this hmm. is his net worth, so that does include Apple money and you know shit like that. But Ringo, they say he's worth about three hundred mil right now. Pretty crazy. Really weird. That's insane. I don't know. That, to me, that <laughs> seems backwards. Yeah. Well, you think Ringo should have six hundred and sixty million? Are you saying he should have made? Uh, I'm saying that, like, as a Beatle. Yeah. Uh, well, you got to imagine. Yeah, I mean, like, this was in seems, the '60s, you know. So I'm sure those dollar amounts equate well, in, to something inflation different. Is, yeah, inflation it goes up as well, but like, I mean, only till recently would I say a lot of my friends or even people that I hang around um, 
you know, are into vinyls, into like oldie music. Like I, when I was growing up, it wasn't like that cool for my, my friend group to listen to oldie music. And so I, from my personal opinion, I think like it would be weird that he would be making so little, you know. Johnny's also 19, so he grew up with One Direction. 22, first off, Nick. You, you old man, you 26-year-old. But hey, one weird thing, if uh, oh. you look at the Beatles catalog, <laughs> if you kind of start at the beginning of their career and you look at all their hit singles, most of their hit singles for the first couple of years were cover songs. So that has to dig into their pockets a that. great bit. You know, Yeah, there's a surprising amount of cover songs. But that was back in a time in music where everybody covered each other's songs. You know, you might go to a concert and hear the same song three times. Like, the same song three times. None of the bands that played it are the band that wrote it, but they all played it, and they played it a different way. You know, like, if you've seen, uh, like, Walk Hard or whatever, or whatever Johnny Cash. I say Walk Hard, like, that's the documentary about Johnny Cash. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it kind of <laughs> illustrates it in, in those movies. You, you see these bands, they'll play the same songs over and over and over, and they're not their songs. It's fucking weird. It's definitely not yep. the way it is done today. That's interesting, because... A lot of times I'll remember a song from like from the 60s and 70s that I remember being from, let's say, John Lennon, let's say Paul McCartney, and it's actually not even their song. So yeah, that, I definitely right. believe that's has, yeah. And, they, you know, they've, yeah. they've, they're so well, iconic as voices that there have been times I've heard another band, like I heard a band, maybe it was 2012, tw- 14 or so, <laughs> the band pops on the radio and it's Tame Impala, and I'm like freaking out. Because I legitimately think Paul McCartney just came out with a new song. And I'm like, this is the dopest Paul McCartney song I've ever fucking heard. Holy shit. Turns out <laughs> it's Tame Impala and I'm an idiot. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> well, didn't they, like, in the music, too, weren't, weren't there, like, secret things that they hid in the music that was like Paul finally or Fall finally had enough and he's like, I want people to know, but I don't, I can't say because they'll kill me. So I gotta hide it. Yeah, I heard it in a couple of stuff. I was like, "Hey, Jude, there's this whole thing." I forgot. It's just like back in high school, I heard this, but there was some like part of the song you can hear somebody like begging for help. Like it, it's subtext in some songs, and it's backwards. Like when it's like "Mercy" by Kanye, or there's a Pink song when the song's played backwards, and uh, it's a message. Yeah. And so I'm sure it, if I was full, I definitely want to make some kind of like <laughs> um, right you know, thing to make people think that I was. So, yeah, there are definitely there are a handful of audible like you know play the record in reverse and it says something. There are a couple of those like Paul is dead, random phrases, pretty pretty grim sounding yeah. phrases. But like if you really think about like the amount of time it would take to think of a phrase that makes sense going forwards, you know, it makes sense in some artistic yeah. way, but then flip it around and it says the phrase that you're trying to say. Like that seems very difficult. And not only that, yeah, like only Cervantes. Yeah, only Cervantes. Like it, I, I like would imagine Mozart. that to, to do this back in the day, since they're working on tape, like the amount of time it takes to okay, we got to flip the tape, we got to run it reverse, we got to mm-hmm. do this, got to do that. You know, it like they would have to have it in their head before they even recorded it, just because the amount of time yeah. it would take, it would suck that creativity out. For analog the takes out. forever. Yeah, it would just take fucking forever, and that, that seems pointless to me. But that is badass if they pull it off, and there are several of those cases. But I would say the most. Like a whole bundle of clues just in one single place is on their album, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Now, if you've seen, you've definitely seen the cover of this before. It's, it's basically the four of them. Uh, they're in like uh, military regalia, nice, uh, nice little jackets that look cool. There's a big kick drum in front of them that says 
uh, the album name on okay. it, Sgt. Peppers. And there's like a collage of people behind him, like Monty Python style. Whole bunch of people, whole bunch of things in the pictures. I, I can, I can envision it. You can envision it. So, let's take the name, the name of this album, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band. Now, if we take a look back to old Billy Shears, his stage name is Billy Pepper of Billy Pepper and the Pepper Pots. Now, if you you've got a group, Whoa. right, dude, Sergeant Pepper, that's Billy Pepper. Whoa, Lonely Heart Club Band. So let's say, if you look at it the way it's written, the way I would read it, I wouldn't read it Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band. I would read Lonely Heart, or Lonely Heart as one thing. That's the name of the band. And then the description of them would be Sergeant Pepper's Club Band. So let's say that their name, Lonely Hearts, like, dude, there, there's a Billy Shear in there who's all by himself. Like, he's the only person who knows. Oh no, they know he's Billy God. Shear, but the world doesn't know he's Billy Shear. He's lonely, man. That's him. And this is his... And maybe they're giving him a platform, or you know, they, maybe they all want this, and they're really trying to get it out there in the most subtle way possible, very artistic way. But there are several things on this cover. Uh, one of them, above Paul McCartney's head, or Fall McCartney, if you will, uh, is a open hand palm right above his head. Uh, it's supposed to be like a Masonic symbol of okay. death, uh, symbolizing that he's the dead one. There's a coffin laid out in front of all of them, right in the foreground, and covered with flowers and whatnot. On top of that coffin, a left-handed guitar. Paul McCartney was the only left-handed Beatle. Very odd. Uh, random other things. If you take, That's so weird. yeah, if you take words, uh, there are words written in flowers um, on the bottom of this thing, and you can block out the letters, and it clearly says Paul is dead. Odd. Then on the kick drum Dude, what itself, the fuck, yeah, so many crazy symbols, yeah, and on the kick drum itself. Uh, where it says uh, Lonely Hearts, if you take a mirror and you pop that mirror like halfway down the word, you know, to where it mirrors the top half of the word, it says like the Greek numerals of like the date in which he died. I forget exactly and what the breakdown is, but it's the Roman numerals coat, of his, the date of his death. Well, his coat too, on Paul McCartney's coat on the cover of that album, yeah. there's a patch that says OPD, and OPD stood for officially pronounced dead. Right. I'm I'm speechless right now. Yeah. Um, there, yeah. It's so an insane amount of things. I, Not only here's the like this one that is just so crazy. So afterwards, they claim that this per, that there is a character named Billy Shears on this album. They say he's a, fictitional char- a fictitious character named Billy Shears, and that's his band. The whole album is like, this is Billy Shears' band. Sergeant Pepper, Billy Shears, this is Billy Shears' band. They also somehow say that Ringo is supposed to embody this character in the album in some way, which is weird. I don't quite understand that. Um, but here is a line from one of the songs, a few lines from one of the songs off the album. I don't really want to stop the show, but I thought that you might like to know that the singer's going to sing a song, and he wants you all to sing along, so let me introduce to you the one and only Billy Shears. And then Ringo starts to sing. What? That's fucking yeah. mind-blowing, dude. It's fucking nuts. Uh, but like, and that's all. And the crazy thing is, like, that's all just that record, because there's the, one record. the American album... Yesterday and today, where if you flip it sideways, it's 
Paul McCartney laying in a coffin. Right, yeah. So if you turn the album and just uh, rotate it, there's that. And there's and a whole there's series like of pictures where... Another... Oh, go ahead. Oh, my God. No, I'm, I'm blowing my mind right now. Honestly, like, like so I, I try to stay as skeptical as I can, as open-minded as I can for a lot of these things. Um, I, I can't. For a lot of these things, I, I, I say open-minded and I, I can't. I, I almost, like, can't agree with it. I can't see eye-to-eye with you guys. But for this whole time, I've been, like, skeptical. But that's... That's fucking crazy. Yeah, right? Well, they even say in, like, the Strawberry Fields Forever song, they say, I buried Paul, which right. is spoken by John Lennon. Oh, they, they try my. and say so, they try okay. and uh, say that on that line, he's actually saying cranberry sauce, cranberry sauce. <laughs> and, and that like it took them so much yes. time to figure out what phrase they can say that will sound like Paul is dead when it's, you know, mumbled up. Fucking weird. Yeah, and then there's what the the Turn Me On Dead Man song in Revolution 9 where they're like Turn Me On Dead Man, Turn right. Me On Dead Man if you play it in reverse. And mm. literally in all of their it's solo careers, crazy. all of their solo careers, they make even more obvious um you know clue, clues and hints, uh, mostly audibly in the music via lyrics or like that Turn Me On Dead Man, like something that's looping or something. It's pretty weird. Every single one of them and uh, something to note so, is Sgt. Pepper's came out in 1967. Okay, so that's the first album after this death, one year after. That album has sold significantly more albums than any of their others. It apparently has gone 17-time platinum in one standard, and it's gone RIAA Diamond, which is 11 times platinum. Like... Insane numbers. Their other, you know, their other albums end mm. up going like eight times platinum, some golds, whatever, whatever. Seventeen times platinum and diamond. Like that's of. ridiculous, dude. And that's 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 okay, fall, so, man. That's post sixty six. So, well, okay, wait, wait. So, so, yeah. so they they crushed it because of this because of this album. I would, I would argue. What if they did it? What if the because right. the band knows if if I was if I was in a band of four dudes and I knew one of them died and we replaced them with 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 Fall, in my mind I I wouldn't I don't know I, I'm I'm speaking just from my perspective I wouldn't really want to uh bring light to it especially if the government hypothetically is involved I wouldn't want to talk about it uh, I wouldn't want to like make it so like in my mind those those, those evidence you guys are giving me that is too perfect. To not be looked at as you know, like real, like you can't, you can't, because it happened. So those, those, yeah. let me get to my point. So if, yeah, so <laughs> his uh, famous so, last words. Let me get to my point. Um, uh, oh, I, as M, as so, MI five snipes him. It'd be MI six yeah, exactly. at this point. <laughs> so in my in my mind, if if they're covering this up and they're trying to now leak, you know, audio. And visuals and all these these things to the internet. People like saying, "We know what Paul is dead," or you know, "Turn me on, dead man." Those kind of things. <sighs> to me, it's like that's definitely a uh, a play for them. That that, that that's what, there's a word for it, like a, a strategy, like uh, that's publicity they're doing. They're they're purposely right. doing that for views. This isn't to talk about their dead friend. This is like them just exploiting money and then being like, "We can do it because we've we've made this conspiracy and now we can reap the benefits." You know what I'm saying? Well, didn't they come out and say something, Taylor? Like, didn't the Beatles admit to it 
being planned the whole time. Yeah, that Some makes bullshit. That's what I'm nah, I don't believe it. But say, but that's gotta be a theory. So there is definitely a long list of theories that involves the Beatles themselves creating this hoax in hopes of somehow boosting you know, album sales. It's it's been proven that Brian Epstein really knows what he's doing in the world of marketing, and like, mm-hmm. there's no doubt. So this story broke, the newspaper story um, at Drake University broke in 1969. So Sergeant Pepper's was released in 1967. It did okay, did good, how they would expect. But in 1969, all their album sales blew through the roof, uh, presumably because of this hoax. People are buying the albums, even if they maybe they had them in the past. They're rebuying them because they want to examine all this artwork. They want to get every piece of Beatle literature, anything that's printed Beatle. They want to cross-reference. They want to find Paul. They want to find Paul. A fall. They want to see the discrepancies here. So that I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Their sales went up dramatically because of this story. So that is very plausible that it's an inside job. So, out of the four Beatles, right? Unfortunately, John Lynn uh, was was murdered years ago. George Harrison passed away, I believe, of cancer. So, Fall and Ringo Starr are the only two surviving members. Now, if I was one of them, I don't know. I, maybe I'd take it to my grave. It depends on which one I was or, you know, if I had anything to gain or lose from it. But it is certain that they all have an immense amount of money to lose if it were to come out that it's actually Fall McCartney, a fake Paul. I mean, that's legit fraud, like on all levels. Yeah. And they right. would be out the biggest hundreds level. of millions of dollars. Hundreds of millions of dollars. But nevertheless, in 2015, Johnny, Ringo Starr publicly stated that the story is true. Paul McCartney died in 1966. And it was replaced by Billy Shears. That's insane. Unfortunately, insane. the report... The website that this was posted on is another one of those fake fucking news sites. Another mockumentary site just yep. fucking with our goddamn brains. They literally put that on there with a picture of Ringo Starr saying, we just interviewed Ringo at his house. Confirmed. The hoax is true. So, boom. Like, I guarantee in 2015 there was some spike in fucking Beatles sales. Guaranteed. But, so your 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 whole premise is that this was done from from fall my whole premise is this was done intentionally from the band from the manager they all did it intentionally that's right, yeah. where mom coming from i find that to be quite it's plausible the... very likely um extremely likely but you want to believe in fall i want to believe, in, want fall. To believe in fall some of these physical attributes just seem crazy the three inches that, that's a real big one the three inches yep yep you know right. you see these picture overlays the Something I did not mention about this is that there have been legit vocal analytics done on all decades of Beatles shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it's sure. theorized uh, the studies showed the studies showed that there are up to 3 different Paul McCartney voices out there. 3 different distinct voices Weird. that were not of the same person. And we're not talking about somebody singing in different styles, singing in different keys, you know, stuff like that. The actual, like, like sound. Yeah, legit, like, science behind their voice is just different. It's three different people, which is weird. Who knows what that third voice is? <sighs> yeah. 
You can't fix yeah. that, really. That's tough. I would, I would be against it if in 2003 a, another allegation about Avril Lavigne dying right, yeah. and being replaced by Melissa Vandella. <laughs> I'd be like that because I found out about this whole theory later. Like I found out a few years ago that this was a thing. And so then by looking at like in 2003, there was the same thing about Avril Lavigne and there are pictures and there's all this stuff. Hmm. I don't know. Like it's a great marketing move, but it's also the riskiest shit from a PR standpoint that if it, I don't know. Well, I, I get what you're saying. But you're legally, saying, if it yeah. goes wrong, it could go but haywire. let's say what could go wrong? Like we said a minute ago, they've got a lot of money to lose because it would be legit fraud. But let's just say... James Paul McCartney died in 1966. Now, William Shears Shears Campbell, Billy Shears, legally changes his name to James Paul McCartney. I don't know if that's a... I don't know. Is that fraud? I mean, he legally changed his name. He's he's like... You know? He's in so deep, too, that, like, why would he ever... It's like, if Benicio Del Toro can, like, pee all over stuff on a movie set after, (laughs) like, a couple months of... Method acting, imagine what from 66 to now would do to a person. You'd be so, I think about yeah. like Joaquin Phoenix and that fake rap documentary. Like after that, Joaquin was always kind of messed up. But like after he was in so deep for like a year or two <laughs> as like this character, he couldn't come back from it, even right. though it was a satire. It kind of hurt his, you hurt his career person. a little bit, you know? Right. But like it goes back to the crop circle stuff that we talked about. It's like. The Beatles have now, they've broken up. They all have solo careers. Why has, like, Ringo or Paul or somebody not come out and said, like, hey, we did this thing. It was a brilliant PR move. Or we didn't. Or I mean, if they said they didn't, that would be where the problem is. But if they actually did it, why are they not talking about it now and claiming, like, hey, all you guys are right. We did do this thing as a PR move. And then it, they get a pat on the back, being like, oh, wow, from a PR perspective in the 60s, that was a super bold, brave move. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the same reason for the crop circles, that if there is kids making crop circles and they're just doing it for the shits and the giggles and just for like, the conspiracy theories, same reason why the Beatles did it is for the conspiracy theories. For the people out there that are investing and buying albums and spending the money to figure it out, it's for that exact reason they haven't come out. And they but won't I would out. say... But, that the Beatles, even if Billy Shears really did replace Paul McCartney, it could still be a brilliant PR move to throw the clues out there. It, that could still be a brilliant PR move. Right. Well, it also throws, in a way, throws people off because, like, oh, if it's so obvious. Right. Can't hide it, it in plain sight. It creates this, like, idea of illusion. Yeah, exactly. But I, I do – I I – I would lean more towards that this is the truth because I do think that we would go to such extremes to like this is for a band to create this much hoopla and it was like a source of love and happiness and freedom for people and it was this whole crazy thing. Like I believe that from a marketing standpoint because you sort of sell your soul to certain industry, like mostly the music industry, I believe that it would be so crazy – that th- that you would go, someone would go to these extremes, and if anyone ever did, the Beatles would be the band that they people would go to these extremes for. So, yeah. it'd either I be the Beatles or or Death Clock. So, which, which oddly <laughs> enough, if you're familiar with Metalocalypse, I, just, yeah. I imagine like I kind of equate like Beatlemania as like 
it's, it's got to equate somehow. Like I, I'm sure Metalocalypse, they they took some inspiration from Beatlemania and how they just ran the fucking world for a few years. But dude, oh yeah, no, they they were they crushed it. But yeah, I don't know. I I just you know, tying it back to the crop circles thing. It, as an artist, like Paul McCartney doesn't give a shit about anything anymore. He's benighted. He's doing his own thing. He's doing tracks with Kanye. Like, why has he not come out casually in an interview and been like, you know, because I think Conan or something asked him, like, hey, huh. this thing happened. Are you dead? And be he way, laughed it off. Right. It'd be way cooler if he did it on it his It would be so bed. cool if on television. so metal. Or if it's yeah. like yeah. last performance ever. But like, Fuck y'all, I'm Billy Shears. Piss off. But even then, even if he did that, people would be like, man, that was a really good PR sure. move. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, really well done. He played off the hoax there. You know, he just used the hoax there for another last laugh. So I don't think there's any way. Even if he does right. admit it on his deathbed, there's like, there would have to be like a trunk, you know, a chest of like documents, photos, all this shit, like the evidence of the surgery. Like we'd have yeah. to have all that, you know, for yeah, people yeah, yeah, to yeah. really accept it. Because, dude. At this point, a word's nothing. Right. The people, like, yeah. the Beatles are not the same as every other band out there. Like, people love the Beatles more than they love music. Like, it's... People take the Beatles very seriously. People take Paul McCartney very seriously. And they describe him as, like, one of the greatest songwriters in the 20th century. A genius bass player, outstanding songwriter. If you talk to someone who's, like, a true Paul McCartney fan... Like, my old roommate was a hardcore, hardcore McCartney fan and Beatles fan in general. He could probably tell you the year, why Paul McCartney sounds the way he sounds in that year, what was going on in his life, you know, why does he sound this way in 68, why in 74... You know, I think there's, I think, there, I think his fans actually know that kind of shit, which is crazy. Yeah. Well, and I, it's just, they, they've been, they've been known for so many crazy, like Yellow Submarine and their movies and their TV shows, like being trippy. Like they have been so open about all those things. I just, it, it makes more sense to me, believe it or not, that someone, that Paul McCartney died and was replaced by someone as, PR move and to save the band and to save essentially like the world. <laughs> essentially, that yeah. makes more save yeah, the fucking planet. That makes more sense to me. <laughs> yeah, that makes more sense to me than than like the Beatles doing all this experimental stuff and refusing to claim openly, publicly, on the record that they're, they're forging it. That they yeah that they they planned it all. That just doesn't make it. it it's so out of character for. The band. I agree. It doesn't make sense. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go out on a limb so, as well and say that I really feel. Uh, I think it's Paul McCartney. I think he's fake, man. What do you say, Johnny? Yep. I, think we can all, I think we can all agree that I'm not gonna agree with that, and I want to <laughs> say it's got to be a PR move. They made it. Whoever, whoever the the manager was and, and the people behind them were saying, make this. It's gonna make bank and just keep a secret. Or there's just, no way. There's no like you're gonna go to sleep tonight and you're gonna regret that you're saying that right now. Yeah, you're gonna start changing your mind. You're gonna start I, thinking about these points. If, like, okay, oh, you know what? Let, I mean, that eye surgery. The, to be man. fair, they're crazy. They're crazy. No, they're crazy points. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If Paul really died, if Paul really, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You saying he, he did? No, I'll take your word word at face value. But if if he really died, there's a whole lot of things that just don't make sense in my mind, and they don't add up. The height thing, the chin thing, they don't add up. But in my mind, how do they not add up? It's it's physical. No, for, for, no, for, for my point that I said earlier, right, they uh, yeah, don't yeah. like my my claim okay. is not true because of those points. If he really did die, yeah. But I'm I'm basically I'm validating my point by saying it was a PR move from the start. The whole the whole crash was a whatever it was. 
was a, a hoax. That's why that's I'm validating it. But that whole thing hinges on the fact that he actually is it was decapitated. That's my whole yeah. entire theory. It hinges on that point I mean, alone. It was like a body bag, and like people involved would have come out at that point because I'm sure tabloids would have paid so much money back people then for people on. who were desperate to come out of the. This is a really difficult one for me, but I'm gonna steal my. Uh, <laughs> get the fuck out of here, Johnny. The, but you got to no, think I'm though, staying, if, staying, if, right, if it were you're fake, always gonna stay there. If it were all a hoax, like. There would be a high possibility that the character Billy Shears could be completely made up. That's a possibility too. That's and all these that, pictures that we take that of Billy Shears are pictures of Paul McCartney. Just weird angles. He just looks different. You're like, yeah, it's a Paul. Mac- it's Paul McCartney, but uh, you could. It doesn't look like him. You know. I don't know. That's a possibility. But I don't know. That's the fun with hypotheticals and mysteries and conspiracies and hoaxes. Man, is we're probably never gonna know. We're never gonna know the you know the real fall or Paul or is fall really a night? So if fall replaced Paul, <laughs> it's Paul when night. was Paul knighted? So it would actually be Fall McCartney who was knighted, and if he did legally change his name to James Paul McCartney, I think he'd be clear with the royal courts. He'd be okay. Yeah, yeah. probably. No, you're right. Ah. <laughs> this is crazy. This this episode over any other episode. Is blowing my mind. I'm gonna say it's more blowing my mind than the Nick's ghost stories, which blew my mind in the first place. This is actually this is a different level of. Mind. I can't like I I knew like yeah. I said I always know what topics Taylor's gonna pick, and I really enjoy this topic. I watched the fake documentary that they did on Ringo, which is like ridiculous, <laughs> but has really good points in it. I knew this was coming, and even I am like mm. not my normal self in this podcast because yeah, I just it's crazy. It's yeah. To be yeah. honest, the it's, research is mind-bending for this because, like I said, you know, right off the bat when I started talking about Mr. Shears, like, I found so much information that like didn't agree with so much information. Contradicted like, itself. Yeah, so much contradicting information that I just had to, I had to take you know, play the law of average and be like, all right, Billy Shears was the name most of the time, so I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> You know, so it's mm. a lot of these facts are very fuzzy. Right. It's hard to say that they're facts, which could support the hoax idea. Could not. Could just be like, yo, Google's um, make better searches. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a tech guy. <laughs> make my searches cooler. That's awesome. Well, uh, if you guys have any hypotheticals you want us to talk about, because clearly this one, like, just mellowed out it's crazy uh, if you want to share with us uh your hypotheticals about today's episode or uh news whatever it is you can shoot us an email at hybrothoughts at gmail.com that's h-y-b-r-o-t-h-o-u-g-h-t-s at gmail.com who knows maybe your hypothetical will be featured on next week's episode or a future episode you never know until you listen uh any additional you things that you guys want to tack on tack on uh, I like Glorp gum. <laughs> I too like Glorp gum. I think it's an awesome topic, Taylor. I'm really impressed with you, dude. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I did a lot of Another research Another killer. On this I wanted to be prepared. Another killer. Well, man. We'll just listen next week for another crazy topic. Um, yeah, I, this one fucked me up. <laughs>